Uh, let's do the meditation first, and then I'll introduce myself real briefly. Then we'll do the chanting. So find a comfortable position. And just keep remembering that your body being comfortable in your posture is very important. You don't want to be distracted by pain in your body or discomfort. So let your back be straight, but work with your own body. If you have, if you need a prop somewhere to help you, uh, don't don't feel bad about using those. Gently close your eyes. You can also sit with your eyes open if it's uncomfortable for you to close your eyes. Let your hands rest in your lap. Keep your palms open, but you can have one palm inside the other. Or you can have both palms open face down on your upper legs, or they can face up. You want your hands to be relaxed, so try not to clench your fist. And if you can, just breathe in and through your nostrils. For the first two or three breaths, you want to uh, accent the breath. And so take a deeper in-breath. And on the out-breath, just release everything. Just do one or two of those deep breaths to help bring your mind and your body and your everything, everything all into one spot. Really be in your body. Feel your body. Be aware of how you feel sitting on your chair or on the cushion. Then go back to just a natural breath, breathing in and breathing out again. Notice where you most feel your breath. And you can focus on that area. So typically it may be around your nose, just below your nose, just where you feel the breath as you exhale and inhale. And sometimes it's easier to feel your breath just by the way your tummy will move out when you inhale and contract a bit as you exhale. So you can choose either of those spots to watch your breath. So we always say, come back to your breath over and over. If we become distracted in our practice, 
We know to always come back to that spot where you're seeing and feeling your breath. So we'll begin with a short loving-kindness practice. So just begin as you're sitting with your breath. Just begin to send messages of kindness to yourself. May I be well. May I be content. May I know joy and happiness. May I feel safe in the world. And may I be at peace. Breathe in the blessings that you're giving yourself. Now widen the circle and move out and think of your loved ones, your family members, your dear friends, may my loved ones be well and may they be content, may they know joy and happiness. May they feel safe in this world. And may they live at peace.
Now move out even further in your thoughts and think of all other human beings. You can think of the people you know and like. You can think of people you know and dislike. Think of people that you've never met. Just let it expand out to all human beings. May all human beings be well. May they be content. May they know happiness and joy. May they feel safe in the world. May they live in peace. Now just really let your focus become wider and wider and imagine and think of all living beings, human and non-human, on this planet and even throughout the universe. May all living beings, human and non-human, beings visible to us and the ones invisible to us. May all these beings be free from suffering, free from fear and worry and anxiety, free from hunger and thirst and the extremes of the weather, May all beings be able to care for themselves or be cared for by loved ones. And may all of these beings dwell in peace.
Now just be aware again of your body. Be aware of what your senses are picking up on. Just be aware of sound. Be aware of smell. Be aware if your eyes are closed of the light that comes through your eyelids. Be aware of any taste you have in your mouth or if your mouth is dry. Be aware of your sense of touch where your body touches the chair or the floor or a cushion. How your clothes feel against your skin. And also, because we think of our uh, mind as one of our sense organs in the Buddhist teachings, think of what's going on in your mind, in your head right now. Be aware of your thoughts, but just let those thoughts move through your mind. No need to stop and let them turn into stories. No need to add on to the thoughts or keep them going. Just allow them to flow through your mind like clouds floating through the sky. Anytime you start to get distracted thought or anything else coming in, into you through your senses, just come back to the breath. Try to be curious about what you're experiencing.
And be aware if your curiosity turns to uh, dislike or judgment or you find yourself creating stories around sounds you hear. See if you can drop all of that and just be aware. Thank you. 
Mano Pupa 
Mind is a forerunner of all states. Mind is chief. Mind made are they. If with it, one should either Suffering follows caused by that. Mind is the forerunner of all states. Mind is chief. Mind made are they. If with a clear and confident mind, one should either speak or act, happiness follows caused by that, as one shadow that never leaves. Generosity towards others. We believe the skillful, noble path is marked by generosity. We believe generosity has many levels. Speak generously. Act generously. We believe generosity is the heart of our spiritual practice, and this practice allows us to become more open and forgiving. We believe extending generosity to ourselves and others is a direct way of healing division, bringing joy, and nurturing the spiritual community for years to come. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those who have lost for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those without light, a place of refuge for those and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. Well, some of you uh, I know really well, and some of you were here Saturday. Uh, and this is the biggest group I've ever seen in a Tuesday morning group. If, if this is your regular size group now, that's wonderful. This used to be maybe 10 or 11 people. Yeah, so this is lovely. Um, I'll just hold the mic. Yeah, I can hold it. I don't know if they if they need it to record or something. I'm not sure. Okay. So, uh, my name is Wimala, and uh, my that is my Buddhist name. I was a, a nun, a Buddhist nun, for 14 years, and just decided to go back to being a layperson a year ago, which we call. In, in the Buddhist tradition, we call that disrobing. You're, you're just handing your robes back to your teacher. And uh, now, now I'm, a, I'm just a regular person again. Nothing has changed about my life except that. So I'm, I'm, a really, I'm really grateful to be speaking to you today. I have uh, some notes because I was... I had chosen a topic, and then I went in search of what I needed from that topic. So uh, I have some a list of things, and and I, if you were here Saturday, I left one thing off the list. So you'll have one piece that's new. 
So the, my topic is, was uh, dealing with difficult times. Just the world, I think, it feels like di- di- we're in difficult times. And for if you're like me, uh, the last the last year or two have been difficult. The years since the pandemic, since we got to that point of the pandemic, we're not sure if it's still here or not. You know, we're we don't want it to be, but people are still getting sick. Uh, just coming out of that pandemic mode was a challenge for me. And I've had a, in my last year has been a difficult year. And it started with my mother dying at the beginning of the year, and she was she was 96. But I real I found I discovered that that really doesn't matter when you're grieving the loss of someone. It doesn't matter if if you've if I was really grateful I had that much time with my mom, and I was with her when she died, which was real important for both of us, and. Um, that that the the grief from that was was much more than i expected not not more than but i what i discovered was that grief doesn't really go away you know it's you you learn to live with it and you learn to um you learn to not not even i don't you know it's not even about distancing yourself from it it's just you learn that that grief is always there because someone you loved is not there, and so uh, that's been a that's been a lesson for me that I've had to really face over and over. You know, I things are things. I had a kind of intense period of grieving at the beginning because just that that kind of openness in my life became very glaring. She lived in Tennessee and was in assisted living. And so I'd call her every day, and I went to Tennessee, where my younger brother also lives, and would visit a lot. So just that change in my daily schedule of always talking to her, and I would always try to think of what would be something interesting to talk about, and uh, would visit a lot, was very close to my brother and his family. So you know, missing, losing those things just seemed to lack, uh, seemed to create these, like, holes in my day. And I'd be thinking, oh, that's, my mama would like to hear, that'd be a funny story to tell her. And then I'd think, no, I can't tell her that story, so I just tell her the story anyway. And you, and I know so many of you know much more about this experience of grief than I do, but, uh, there are those times when it can just kind of well up and it would almost be like a, some kind of noise wanted to just come up out of my throat, just a feeling where it would be maybe a sec, a few seconds even. But just this, uh, that, that, that loss would just feel kind of overwhelming. So that was how my year started. And right, right after she died, I had COVID because I was with, in the hospital. She didn't have COVID, but I was staying in the hospital with her for those two weeks. So, um, then, uh, I had, I had, it was also the first year of my being disrobed. So my whole schedule of being at the temple a lot and, uh, some of the thing I did was doing new things on Zoom that I kept doing, but my kind of daily schedule was different. And then I got sick and was diagnosed with cancer and had to go through the sur- a surgery and lots of radiation. 
And so uh, there are reasons that my, it was kind of a crummy year. And for a long time I kept thinking, why am I having such a bad, why am I not feeling normal? And it wasn't a normal year. It took me a while to kind of piece all the parts together. So I decided I have to find, I have to find something for my practice that's going to really, like, really be something that will help me focus on uh, getting back to having some lightness for feeling like my life was lighter and uh, a little bit more joy in it. You know, it's just kind of flat. There was, it, it wasn't awful. I was functioning, but not with a lot of joy or happiness in it. So I thought that gratitude would probably be, you know, I read some things about gratitude, and I thought uh, this this is the way to get to be very full of gratitude. And how do I do that in my practice? Like how how can gratitude be a help? <clears throat> and I knew that all through the pandemic, I I had lots of things that became where gratitude, I had a lot of gratitude for uh, watching wildlife and watching uh, watching the seasons turn and kind of watching out, looking out. And I did a lot of, last year I had done a lot of hiking, and I couldn't do that this year because of the just the healing from surgery and radiation. So... I realized the things that were beautiful about those experiences were they just filled me with gratitude. So I watched watched squirrels all through the pandemic, and I still do. And that there would always be joy arising from watching that and feeding the squirrels. So I knew it was going to be in little things because the, what my life looked like was pretty much the same, but that's not what was was in my heart. So I found, uh, one thing I found out, and I'll just very briefly touch on this, in the suttas, the Buddha um, actually doesn't talk a lot about gratitude unless it's towards a teacher or someone. uh, The Buddha would link links kindness and gratitude that they teach each other. So real gratitude, and this is, you know, the Buddha was talking about on his path, gratitude is used to, uh, when you really appreciate the kindness that someone gives you. And in, for the, so for the Buddha, that meant you appreciate your parents, number one. No matter, no matter if you like them or you don't like them, they gave you life. They brought you into this lifetime. And uh, that's that's who those are the people we spill, should feel the most gratitude towards, and we can never repay them. The Buddha has there's some very in, interesting suttas where he talks about you know the depth of that gratitude. It's not one we can repay, um, but we should also have gratitude for the kindness of people who teach us things. So kindness to our teachers and the. Of gratitude towards towards the teacher because their great kindness to us was to teach us, and he's talking, I think, primarily about spiritual teachers or our parents as teachers or uh, the the everyone who has helped us develop the 
qualities that can give us wisdom and that have given us uh, uh, happiness in this life. So he doesn't talk the appreciation of the world. He didn't talk about appreciating squirrels. You know, that kind of gratitude. But, but I think that kind of gratitude is, is important for us. I think gratitude, uh, you know, of the good things in our life or the lack of bad things, I think those are really important for us to be aware of. And, and in, in times where things are tough, those are sometimes things we can pull up. Not forgetting the gratitude of the sources of, uh, uh, kindness, even from a book we've read or someone we've listened to or watched on Zoom who's a really good teacher. Um, so I want to share with you the list that I found. It's seven things. And, okay, I don't want to, It's and I didn't, uh, I'm going to do them kind of quickly today. So if you were here Saturday, you can kind of test your memory and see if you remember uh, this is this. These are things from Buddhist. All of these suggestions are things from Buddhist teachers. So, it's this is this is more outside the specific teachings of the Buddha about uh, gratitude. But I think it's these are Buddhist teachers that I respect and that have expanded it. So. We, I mean, scientists now know that, you know, gratitude is important, but I think we've, we learn, we learn that in our lives without having to have scientists tell us. But it's, but they know that it also can help people when they're ill, helps with healing. Uh, so the, the first one, which I really appreciated was to, uh, be grateful for nothing. That nothing has happened, you know, like that the, that the, the, just be grateful that there's nothing going on. If you have kind of a boring life, then you've got things to be grateful for, right? You're not in a fight with someone or you're not, uh, uh, having a hard time finding food to eat or ways to keep warm. And there are so many people that that's, that's what, how their lives are focused. We know that. So. Uh, so for, and that's always, I think that's one to always come back to, like coming back to our breath when we're meditating. Be grateful for nothing. The second one is make gratitude your cent- central spiritual practice. And, and that one was what I had already decided that I needed to do. And so I was really happy to see, see it that be, uh, be on this list. To just let, think about, uh, Think about gratitude as it can be the focus of your meditation. It can be the focus of your intentions for the day. So your spiritual practice includes what you do all the time. I mean, it's not just it's not just sitting on the cushion. Uh, your spiritual practice is how you're living your life. So if you bring gratitude into that, you're always looking for ways people are being kind to you. So you're being appreciative of that. You're being grateful for that. You may notice uh, special people who have really helped you with something difficult. Or, uh, you know, if you've come to one of the monks to talk to them about a, a, something that you're confused about 
or you're concerned about. You have people in your life like that who can, who have helped you through a difficult time or helped you see something more clearly, which is really what the Dhamma is. The Dhamma is just seeing things the way they are, seeing things clearly. And it's easy. We can think, oh, I see this the way it is. A lot of times we need someone else to help us and the gratitude when someone helps you see a situation more clearly, uh, that's, that's a big, big way to think. You can, if you're having a bad day, you might just sit and think about some, who are some people, friends or teachers who have helped you lately and just generate that sense of gratitude towards them. The third one is to appreciate irritating people. <laughs> Now the Buddha would would have said specifically, you you don't need to be grateful to people who haven't helped you or who have led you astray. Like the gratitude he's talking about is based on someone who has been of great benefit to you. You know that their kindness has has led them to helping you very in a, in something that leads you deeper into a really good spiritual practice. So someone who helps you see things more clearly. But this suggestion is to appreciate irritating people. Um, Be grateful to everyone is how this was first taught by the the person who brought Buddhism into Tibet. Just the phrase, be grateful to everyone. And then that means all those people that you're not, that you don't think are so wonderful or that are always making you feel crazy, feel gratitude to them because they can sometimes open an area in your life that you want to work on or improve. They may, they may help you see something either about yourself or about how you, how you uh, th- uh, some quality, just the irritation that you, you can work with and deal with. The fourth one is, become highly responsible to kindness received and that's really that's really the definition that the that the buddha's uh, talking about when he talks about gratitude because of that relationship between kindness and gratitude they're always teaching each other so if someone does you a, a real kindness is when someone actually uh, sees can do something, they do something for you. They see your suffering, they see your hurting, or they see you're in need. And the, their great kindness is their response to it. So uh, try to try to just think about that during the day. Like maybe find one person in that day who's the, whose kindness you can you can focus in on and really be aware of it and what made it a great kindness. And that's, that's a beautiful teaching. Uh, and the Buddha did say, kind and grateful people are rare. So that's, that's, those are those rare people that are the, the ones that we can sense, the, we can feel the action that they're uh, making towards us from their kindness, and that would be one of those that was, you can sense the realness of it, the truth of it. And then then the fifth one is look for the silver lining. 
So train yourself to see the positive of a situation, even if it's basically negative. You know, I know with my mother dying, I've learned a lot about what grief really is and that uh, it, it can become not a heavy emotional burden, but it, ju- it will eventually become, you know, we lose everything we love. It's a way for us to look at this journey through life. And there, there are people who are, you know, we could maybe scale people uh, how close we were to them or how related they were to us. But, but this grieving has to be, we have to work with it some way because, sure, life is impermanent. So even seeing how, how much love, maybe it shows us too more about how much love we have for a person than we even realized how, how interconnected we are with all of the, not only people, but, you know, if you see a forest cut down or if you have a favorite tree that's ever had to be cut down, maybe some of you lost trees in the last ice storms. But even those things that we know, we have more of a sense they're impermanent. But when we lose them, that's, uh, that's, there's a little bit of grief with that. So just understanding that grief is a natural human emotion and that that's, um, that's part of our being human. But it doesn't need to be, uh, it doesn't need to be what, something that tears us apart or tears us down. It can be, it can be something that can become a beautiful memory of a person. So, I think other, in other negative situations, you know, you've probably all had experiences where you had to really struggle to uh, see what was good about a situation, but you might have found something that, that was very helpful. And then I have a, I'm going to skip over the little story I had about that, but then the number six is to expand your mindfulness. And this is, this is good for anything, but to, to be, to be, have, see that gratitude more is to expand mindfulness. So when you, part of what he's talking about here is if you're expanding your mind, you can be looking just on, say, an ordinary, normal, maybe boring day or a day where, might be a day where you have chores or appointments and it's, you can look and see what in the, what in this day right in front of you is there to be to have gratitude towards maybe it's the fact that you uh that you remembered all your appointments and you didn't forget anything or you uh you were able to get out in time and not be running late to appointments but you can look for opportunities to f- see something to be grateful for in any situation and that's expanding your awareness, your mindfulness. And that's what we all, that's what we want to do anyway. So a tool for enriching your spiritual practice is to look for opportunities. And I think you can expand it to opportunities for kindness and opportunities for gratitude towards the kindness of others. And make that, make that maybe at the end of the day, uh, go over in your mind or write in a journal where you've noticed that. 
Um, and, and it's also to see clearly the factors that make our lives, make your life pleasant and comfortable. Because uh, that's certainly something that we we can identify. What makes your... So if you got a good night's sleep before you woke up in the morning because you had a bed and you had a warm house and you had certain comforts, and we can be grateful because we know that, that that's not just a given for everybody. And we may feel that it, that we're in a situation where it's we have it's perfectly wonderful. And so but we can have gratitude for that because it's not a given that everybody has a warm house and a comfortable bed and a and a something to wake them up on time. So even the le- the least, the smallest things can, we can see and learn to have gratitude for. And then the kind of kindness that develops is the kindness that can see when maybe someone else that we're dealing with doesn't have, we can understand they don't have that kind of a pleasant and comfortable life or something might be missing for them in their just their normal daily life. It might make them be, maybe be one of those irritating people. You know, it might help us see when we can reach out with kindness and be of some help or, or help, help that person because our, we recognize the comfort of our own lives. Then, then the seventh one. Oh, he also wanted, he also stressed. Uh, Philip Moffat is the teacher who talked about this. And this one I thought after the pandemic, this one we all can understand this one. Be consciously grateful. This is under expand the mind. Be consciously grateful to all who come, bef- who, who came before you, who made it possible for your existence to be comfortable, informed, and empowered. Mentally note each day people who invisibly serve us by providing our basic needs. So we can be grateful, uh, we can be grateful for uh, the Buddha as a teacher who came before us and left, left this, uh, the information in his teachings on the path that led to his enlightenment. We can be grateful to our teachers who, who uh, have dedicated their lives to teaching the Buddha's path. So we can also be grateful for, uh, this is when I had a real rush of thinking about the pandemic, all the people who kept working, and we didn't even notice when we were, you know, at home. But I, first thought for me was all the people who worked in the grocery stores and kept them open and came to work and, they probably had kids at school and had it was difficult to come to work and then then we all think about the medical the people and the men and women and the caregivers for people who were sick and when families couldn't even be with their own loved ones who were sick um, and just the people who were who were risking their own lives working in close contact with people and the people who were picking up the garbage. I mean, we, we, we didn't have a year, over a year's worth of garbage waiting for us to deal with. They were all those people who were, just kept things going. And the, the list 
goes on and on. So it's, it's, uh, if we can think about that, that can generate, you know, we, you can think about that from something maybe that you, that happened, uh, in your life yesterday or today. But if your well runs dry, think back to the, when we were lock, under lockdown and all the people that kind of kept our world going. And then the last one that I didn't get to on Saturday is start and start each day with a short chant of gratitude. And I think this could be a, you could write your own chant or you could find one of the little chants in the chanting book, maybe, or uh, my wish. Something that, uh, I like that they, their suggestion was to, uh, to do a chant. It could also be a prayer. It could also be, uh, you could create a mantra maybe every day, just a short phrase that you could use. Something. Start each day with a short chant of gratitude. And here are some of the things you can, that, that are suggested. Remember creatures, people, and the elements. Just the, like the uh, water, air, fire, and uh, earth. Just those basic elements that are kind of the keystone of, of our existence that we're made up of and the earth is made up of. So you could do, you could think about creatures that, that would, my squirrels would fit in with that one every day. Uh, people and the elements. And then you can think about elders, your elders and ancestors. Or just think about the earth. This, these are the things we can be grateful for. Think about health. Think about family and friends. And think about your community. So maybe every day you can put into your own little chant or your own little meditation uh, some, something that you, that you can find uh, that feeling within you of gratitude or that had come up for you during the day. Uh, and then, then the last thing in the, this, uh, from this teacher said, there's a, there's a dark side. It's not, it's not really too dark. <laughs> but the, the dark side is that this is gratitude, working with gratitude can become very powerful. But you don't want it lead to you being complacent. So it doesn't mean, okay, I'm gonna be thinking about gratitude all the time, but I'm not gonna do anything about what, what I, you know, I'm just going to be grateful for people, and if they if they don't have a place to live or food to eat, that's okay because I'm I'm grateful for them. But that's when the you aren't going to become complacent if you if you go back to that uh, that marriage between kindness and gratitude. So uh, gratitude comes from a great kindness, and. The, we can expand it to include, you know, even creatures in the earth, but we have to remember that the great kindness is when we help someone with something they really need, when we see they need it. The Buddha saw that people needed to know about why we're unhappy, about suffering, you know, about how we can end that suffering so we can have a life with more joy in it. So, the, that was the kindness. He could have gone off and just 
lived the rest of his physical life enjoying being an enlightened being, he could have found, probably found that someone would, would have let him live in a cave, you know, on their property. And uh, he, he could have done that, but so he knew so many, what he knew, a li- even a handful of what he knew, uh, he could teach people. And there might be, there might be people who could understand what his experience had been. So it was out of his great kindness that the Buddhist teachings came into the world. So all great spiritual teachers, I'm sure they had other options than to, than to just be teaching people who didn't want to understand things <laughs> or wanted to kill them or did kill them. So all of them were doing it not out of a sense of this is maybe a lot of fun, but out of a sense of deep, deep, sincere kindness. And the word gratitude means to have a sense of what was done. Have a sense of what was done, those acts of kindness towards us. So uh, that's my talk. And I think, does, any, if any, does anybody have a, have a thought or a question they'd like to ask? Or your own experience? I'm sure we've all had experiences with grief and loss and uh, discomfort, but it's good to know that it's good to know that we can use the gratitude and kindness to help lift us up out of whatever experiences we encounter. Okay, thank you very much.